The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. Rabbi Blumenfeld, he came to the United States from Europe. Rabbi Blumenfeld was a very smart, very talented rabbi. And sure enough, walking through Ellis Island, after being greeted by Lady Liberty, he makes his way to the Lower East Side, and he lived in Manhattan. And he started to go around, and he started to look for a job. And because he was so talented, immediately they hired him. At first they hired him in the garment industry. And he was very, very talented. They loved working with him. Until Friday. And then on Friday, when he came to the boss of the sweatshops, and he said to him, another Jew, I have to go home. Shabbat is in two hours. I need to leave early. The man laughed at him. Shabbat? In America? You plan to keep Shabbat here? There's no Shabbat in America. That was back in Europe. Here in America... It's a golden Medina. There's only guilt. There's only money here. There's no religion here. Ah, yeah, golden Medina. I got to shut off my phone. Hang on one second, ladies. I'm sorry. So he got kicked out of that job. He got fired. So he went to a different job. He actually was very good with his hands. So he went to become a carpenter. And he was working with a whole group of men. And they were building all different types of houses and buildings and construction. And sure enough, Friday came and he went to the general contractor that he worked for and he said, I got to go home. And he told him, are you joking? It's a whole day. He says, so you know what? Deduct it from my salary. Deduct it. Don't pay me. Don't pay me. Nothing doing. You're out. And he went like this. Week after week. Job after job after job after job. And it became a joke. It hurt. But it was comical. Where he'd come home every Friday. And his kids would ask him. Tata. Daddy. What job did you get fired from this week because of Shabbat? And he would tell them. And he would dance with them. And he would say, look what we're doing. We're keeping Shabbat under such sacrifice. But we're showing Borei Olam that we believe in Him and no one else. And it wasn't easy. There was times where the good rabbi didn't have the rent to pay. And he was running out of jobs to teak because all he did was work for six days and he'd have to find another job. And the motto of those years, the motto was, if you're not going to work on Saturday, don't bother coming back Monday. And that's the way Rabbi Blumenfeld spent the first few months in America. The golden Medina. It came to a point where we ran out of jobs. There was no way to go anymore. And he did not have the financial backing to start his own business. What is he to do? He was out of a job now for over a week. And he looked in the classifieds. The New York Times. And there... Out of the blue, he found what to him was a godsend. He found a little classified ad. And in very small letters, it said, Wanted. Work for six days. Vacation one day a week. Off one day. Any day you choose. He thought to himself, This is too good to be true. 
but I have to humor myself because Shamayim showed me this classified. I got to find out what this job is. So he cuts out the classified ad. There's an address. He goes down to New York City, somewheres in Midtown, and he walks into this posh, tall skyscraper of a building. He says, Wow, Hashuv, I can work in a building like this and keep Shabbat, Bore Olav, Wah! My sacrifice still already paid off. He walks in, he's wearing a good suit. He's wearing his best suit. This is his interview suit. Matter of fact, this is his only suit. He walks in and he cups up to the desk. There's a, a guy behind the desk after the doorman let him in, opened the door for him. He comes up to the guy behind the desk and he says, Hi, I'm here for the job. So what floor do I go up to? The guy looked at him and says, what job? He said, you know, the job in the paper. The classified ad, the job. He hands him the paper, the classified ad. He looks down at the ad. He says, oh, the guy starts laughing, that job. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, you want that job, Rabbi? He says, yes, I'll do anything for that job. He says, okay, go to the elevators, but you're not going up. You're going down. He says, down. I thought this was the ground floor. He says, no, you're, you're going down to the basement. He says, did you ever hear of the basement rats? He says, I've heard of rats in basements. No, he says, no, 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 no. The basement rats. He says, no. He says, well, you'll find out when you get downstairs. The rabbi doesn't know what he's talking about. The rabbi gets into the elevator. He sees the elevator goes up to the uh, 50th floor. He hits B for basement. The elevator goes down. The elevator opens up, and it's pitch black. He sees nothing. He starts saying to himself, now I understand why the guy was laughing. Probably a big practical joke. This whole thing is a joke. The job doesn't exist. There's nobody down here. There's no job down here. Ah. He's about to hit the doors to close again, and as his eyes start getting used to the dark, he starts to see, wait, there are figures of people down there. And he hears voices. And a matter of fact, one voice calls to him and says, Are you here for the job, Rabbi? Rabbi Blumenfeld says, yeah. He walks out of the the elevator. It's pitch black. The door's closed. It's really dark. He walks up, and there's a tall guy. He could hardly see him in front of him. And he says to him, Rabbi, I was able to see in the elevator that you're wearing a suit and a tie. You might want to take off that suit and tie. Because the job down here is going to ruin it. He says, well, I'll be happy to. Tell me, what is the job? He says, we're basement rats. He says, I heard that. What is that? He says, well, you see these tall buildings in New York City? How do you think they stay heated through the winter? We have a bunch of men that stand around the furnace in the basement. And we take turns round robin, going around in a circle. Each guy gets his turn to shovel his coal into the, into the oven, into the furnace. And the heat goes all the way up and makes its way to the top floors. And that's how the building stays warm through the winter. He says, we're the basement rats. That's what they nicknamed us. And he sees as his eyes get clearer and clearer that nobody down there is wearing anything above their waist. And they're covered black. 
from head to toe, from the dirt, from the coal, from the garbage, the, you know, whatever that comes off of it. The rabbi says, this is what I got to do for Shabbat, and this is what I got to do. It's the only job left in New York City. How much does it pay? It pays well. But it's backbreaking labor. You got to sit there from 9 to 6 the entire day, shoveling coal into a furnace, bent over. The rabbi wasn't a young man. The warden, so to speak, the head of the guy is the head of the rats. He turned to the rabbi and he said, Rabbi, the life expectancy down here is three years. Most people don't live past three years because of what they're inhaling on a constant basis. You sure you want the job? He says, yes, I have no other job. He says, but tell me, why do they allow you to take off any day you want? Can I take off Saturday? He says, you can take off any day you want, one day a week. Because according to government regulations, they're required that they must give you off one day or else the toxins down here would kill you right away. He says, okay. I'm ready for the job. The rabbi takes off his jacket and he takes off his, 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 his shirt and he's sitting there just in his tzitzit and his pants. And he hands him a shovel and he gets in line in the circle around the, the furnace and each guy takes his turn as they go around and around and it comes the rabbi's turn and he throws his coal into the furnace and they go around again and again and again. The rabbi saw that he wasn't going to survive more than one day. He was coughing and spitting up the fumes. He was mamash gamur. His tzitzit was black. His beard was finally black <laughs> from top to He was black from head to toe. The rabbi said, Borei Olam, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for Shabbat. I can't. I'm not going to live through another hour. I can't breathe anymore. And just then, the elevator doors open. And everybody turns around. And one guy in the circle laughs and he says, Ah, we got another rat. And they all start giggling to each other. Let's see these guys. Let's see who's this. The elevator doors open. But instead of there being a guy looking out like the way the rabbi looked, there were three guys standing there, very well dressed, in very expensive suits. And they're looking at each other. And they're looking out in the darkness. And they hear these three guys say to each other, Hey, how'd we get down here? Hey, hey, Eddie, did you hit... The basement, I told you the 37th floor. You hit the wrong button. We went down instead of up. He says, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then another guy says, wait, 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 one second. Don't close the doors yet. I heard that there are guys down here. They call them basement rats. I heard that they stand around a furnace and they inhale the toxins all day. They don't live too long. Who would ever take a job like that? I can't believe that there are really people down here that keeping the building warm through the winter. And then the best dressed guy of all says, what? Get out of here. There's nobody down here. No one would take a job like that. And the doors are starting to close. And just then the best dressed guy sticks his hand out and pulls the doors open and says, wait one second, open the doors. I think I just saw somebody. I can't believe that there are people down here. There are really people down here. He looks and he looks. And suddenly his eyes get used to the darkness. And he sees the circle of men. And who does he point to? He points to Rabbi Blumenfeld, the rabbi. He says, you! Come over here! Rabbi Blumenfeld looks at his boss and he says, yeah, go ahead. 
He puts down the shovel and he walks up to the elevator. He's standing there in a black pair of seat and pants. His face and his beard is completely covered in coal and black. And the well-dressed guy says to him, uh, Tell me, the other guys are young, but you're an older man. What, do you, what did you do? What were you thinking to take this job? Lamai Blumenfeld pulls off his charcoal kippah and says, I'm an observant Jew. I went through almost 12 jobs in the last few months. Ever since I came to Europe, I was devout to keeping my Sabbath, the Shabbat Kodesh. It is precious to me. It's literally the day that I spend with God. I wouldn't give it up for all the money in the world. The problem was I was fired from every job because I held to my religious Shabbat Kodesh, to my beautiful, delicious Shabbat, to my Shabbat. This is the only job that allows you to take off one day a week. They don't care what day. This is the one job that I can keep Shabbat. Even if it kills me, at least, I died for the sake of Shabbat Kodesh. The guy in the suit couldn't believe his ears. He says to him, there's still men like you around? I thought after my father died, they've never made devout, strong men like you anymore. You don't belong here in the basement, in the charcoal pits. You're not a basement rat. You come in here, Rabbi. Come with me. He pulls the Rabbi into the elevator, black head to toe. And they go up to the 37th floor. And this guy, his name was Dale something or other. He walks him into his room, into his beautiful corner office, and he says, I own this building. I want to tell you something, Rabbi. I want to make you a partnership. I want you to sit here. I'm going to give you an office. And I just want you to pray for the welfare of my business, myself, my family, because you're a man of God. They don't make them like that anymore. I have a tremendous respect for men like you that don't bend under pressure, but they stand up and are ready to die for what they believe in because I found out that the day you find something that you're ready to die for is the day that you begin to live. You are ready to die for your Shabbat. Your Shabbat is living in you. I want a man like that as my partner. You can't get honest people, devout people, committed people like that. You're a partner with me here in this building, in my businesses. Now rumor has it that 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 amazing partnership later on became the legendary, well, it's Rabbi Blumenfeld and this guy Dale. It was Bloomingdale's. That was the building that... But I checked it up online, and in truth, Bloomingdale's was an English guy, so we're going to leave that legend. It's a great ending to a story that I don't know if it's true or not, but the story is. And Rabbi Blumenfeld became a partner in this building. He became incredibly wealthy in the garment industry, which is what this guy worked in and his real estate. And one of those big buildings today started from a Shabbat story of somebody that believed in what Shabbat is the blessing of every Jew and the Jewish people. As long as there's a Shabbat between a Friday and a Sunday, we have the promise that Hashem will always be there for us and protect us. We have the blessing of Shabbat. Our children become Talmidei Chachamim through her zimirot. 
our families, our Shalom Bayit, grows and flourishes through the candles of her light. Our homes get blessed week after week because of not just the Brit Ben Abitarim, but the secret behind it all, our Shabbat Kodesh. If not, if only, if only we could bring another Jew, one Jew, back to a Shabbat Kodesh. That Jew can be a family member. That Jew could be our own husbands, our kids, ourselves. That we saved an entire world. Because Shabbat was literally the gift that the Jewish people have gotten. This is going to be the bridge to the final redemption, the Karobi Amenu, where Hashem is going to step up as He promised on the Brit Ben Abitarim and watch over the Yonah of Klal Yisrael, Bishchut Shabbat Kodesh. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.